from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class a show that pays tribute to people of the past by telling their stories today. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at a major milestone in 20th century medical science, the day when type 1 diabetes ceased to be a death sentence. The day was January 11th, 1922. Canadian teenager Leonard Thompson became the first diabetic patient to be treated with insulin. Prior to the drug's development, diabetes mellitus was a terminal disease. If it was caught early enough, and if a patient followed a strict diet, they might survive up to a few years after being diagnosed, although many patients with type 1 didn't make it past a few months. 14-year-old Leonard Thompson had survived three years with the disease when he was admitted to Toronto General Hospital in 1922. He was on the brink of death and had been drifting in and out of a diabetic coma. In most cases, the boy would have died in a matter of days, if not hours, but after receiving injections of an experimental drug called insulin, he went on to live for another 13 years. Insulin is a naturally occurring anabolic hormone that induces metabolic effects throughout the body. In the pancreas, clusters of cells, called islets, produce insulin to help control blood sugar levels. By 1920, many scientists strongly suspected that diabetes was linked to a malfunction in the pancreas gland that caused the insulin-producing cells to be destroyed. That breakthrough in understanding the cause of type 1 diabetes gave researchers a better chance of treating the condition, although progress remained slow. The challenge was how to extract insulin from a healthy pancreas without it being destroyed in the process. 
In the fall of 1920, Canadian physician Frederick Banting hit upon a possible solution. He was reading an article that suggested insulin-producing cells are slower to deteriorate than other pancreatic tissues. That made him wonder if it would be possible to extract insulin by breaking down the rest of the pancreas so that only the insulin-producing cells remained intact. To test his theory, he enlisted the help of medical student Charles Best as well as Professor John McLeod of the University of Toronto. The plan they came up with was to tie off the pancreatic duct in order to isolate the insulin for extraction. In the summer of 1921, working in a laboratory furnished by McLeod, Banting and Best successfully extracted insulin from canine test subjects. Then, once the animals began to manifest diabetic symptoms, they injected the insulin back into the dogs, at which point they returned to full health. Their discovery was announced to the world in mid-November, and two months later, the scientists began making preparations to administer the first insulin treatment to a human. With the aid of biochemist J.B. Collip, the team extracted a relatively pure batch of insulin from the pancreas of cows sent to slaughterhouses. Once an adequate supply was collected, they waited for a patient willing to accept the shot. The wait didn't last long. On January 11, 1922, 14-year-old Leonard Thompson was admitted to Toronto General Hospital. He was in the final stages of the disease, and because the only treatment available was a starvation diet, he weighed just 65 pounds. Desperate to save his son's life, Leonard's father consented to the experimental treatment, one that had not yet been tested on a human being. The first insulin injection was administered that same day, but unfortunately, the extract was too impure and Leonard wound up having an allergic reaction. This sent J.B. Collip back to the drawing board, and he spent the next two weeks developing a way to improve the purity of the extract. Leonard received a second injection on January 23rd, and thankfully, the purer version was able to restore his blood glucose levels back to near normal within a matter of hours. One by one, the boy's symptoms began to disappear. His life had been saved and he found himself the poster child for a new medical miracle. News of the teen's recovery traveled fast, and pretty soon people with diabetes and their loved ones were reaching out to Banting and Best, begging to receive the treatment. One year later, Banting, Collip, and Best were awarded U.S. patents for insulin and the method they used to make it. However, the men had no intention of cashing in on their life-saving discovery. Instead they immediately sold their patents to the University of Toronto for $1 each, and the school, in turn, gave pharmaceutical companies worldwide the license to produce insulin royalty-free. As Dr. Banting famously declared, insulin does not belong to me, it belongs to the world. The result of that mindset was that insulin became widely available, offering a reprieve from certain death to millions of diabetics around the world. Later that year, Banting and McLeod, but not Best nor Collip, were jointly awarded the Nobel Prize for Medicine. To this day, it's still the fastest that a Nobel Prize has been awarded following a medical breakthrough. And once again, the men behind the discovery displayed great generosity. Banting split his share of the monetary prize with Charles Best, 
and McLeod did the same with J.B. Collip. As for Leonard Thompson, he lived another 13 years thanks to insulin. In 1935, at the age of 27, he passed away from pneumonia, which was believed to be a complication of his diabetes. Insulin was not a cure, but it was a tremendous breakthrough in treatment, one that prolonged Leonard's life and countless others to an extent that wasn't possible just a few years earlier. Type 1 diabetes was no longer a fatal disease. In 1924, physician Joseph Collins celebrated that advancement in an article for the New York Times. One by one, he wrote, the implacable enemies of man, the diseases which seek his destruction, are overcome by science. Diabetes, one of the most dreaded, is the latest to succumb. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.